Howdy there, everyone, and welcome to my show, The Story of My Life, starring your leading lady, Sarah Adewale. TBH, I have no idea exactly what episode this is so far, but I'm letting you know that this is yet another YWCA-related episode. Only this time, I promise I'll talk about my very special day and what my fellow co-workers and campers did for me. In all seriousness, though, I don't really know what episode this is. As I was going through each episode as listed on my Anchor account, as well as on Spotify, I've noticed lately that I may have misnumbered some episodes. Because usually when I try to create an episode title for each episode that I record, I would say episode number whatever, like episode number one, episode two, episode three, etc. The first time I really started numbering my episodes was in episode 12, where I talked about, I don't remember anymore. No, wait, let me check. In episode 12... I put 12 in air quotes. Uh, I talked about how I was doing badly at that one point during my undergrad semester at Montclair State. Oh, Oh, how I really hate talking about anything Montclair State related at this point. I really do, and I honestly don't wanna delve into it too much right now. I promise that I'll talk more about it in another episode. But for now, this YWCA episode is meant to be more positive. So I would rather keep it that way. Anyway, that was when I numbered that episode as 12. So what I'll do is that I'll rename the titles on Anchor later just to see exactly where I am. And obviously you guys know that some episodes have two or more parts to it, so I'll try my best to number them accordingly if I'm able to do that. Otherwise, I suck at counting and at math, so just bear with me, y'all, as I try to get it all figured out. Yeah. It's true. I just realized that I have been misnumbering my episodes and losing track of what episode number goes where. But you know what? That's okay. Like I just said, I'll figure it all out. Anyhow, onto the YWCA camp stuff. Just a few more details about the campers' activities. And I swear, I'll get to the part of what they all did for me on my birthday. So yeah, some of the indoor activities included watching movies and relaxing relaxing stuff like that. When it came to watching movies, it was the two assistant camp directors and the camp manager who had the DVDs of different types of movies for the campers to watch. I mean, all of the campers at camp generally speaking, not just my group, 
of 1B campers. Um, so the assistant directors would give the campers a choice to decide which of the movies to watch. The movies, of course, had to be school appropriate and appropriate for kids in a school or camp environment. So obviously there wouldn't be any movies that included sex or violence or profanity or nudity or any of that adult stuff. Even for like the oldest kids too, um, you know, the campers in group four slash five, like know that the oldest are 12 year olds, but yeah, even for them, uh, movies and music and stuff all had to be like appropriate for children of even their age level. So it shouldn't ever be anything dull or inappropriate. Like, yeah, because <laughs> you, know, you can only imagine the kinds of stuff that kids these days are exposed to. So shouldn't expose them to that kind of stuff at their age. Like, you know, just let them be young and innocent. Like, yeah. So we have like a TV set thing, like, you know, the TV that you roll over. Like, I think most schools have it. Um, I know that when I was in grade school, I would see that a lot. Um, I don't exactly know what it's called, you know, term-wise, like what you, the name of it is. But yeah, that's what we had. Um, the assistant directors were in charge of rolling those TVs over to the gym. And that's usually where we would sometimes gather the campers to come together to, you know, see the movie, like whatever it it is that they chose to watch. And um, sometimes we would bring those TVs sets into each of the campers' um, assigned classrooms so that the campers could watch the movie um, they're in the classrooms instead of in the gym. Um, but there was this one time, though, that some campers in either it was group three or was it group four slash five? Um, I don't remember the exact camp group, but it was one of those two. But I think it was both groups combined at the same time. But um, anyway, they were watching the movie the Polar Express in the gym. And um, the Polar Express, um, I'm gonna, I gotta say this, but I really love that movie. Um, I've been in love with the movie since the first time I ever saw it. Um, the movie apparently came out in 2004. So I would say I was about seven when it first came out. So I think I was in like what the second grade or something when it came out and our second grade class went on a class trip to like watch the movies somewhere at one of the local um, movie theaters I believe <laughs> I don't recall anymore but anyway yeah so that was the movie that was played in the tv set like right there in the gym and um so, yeah, yeah, I like, I guess, though, that the movie is appropriate for the campers to watch because, you know, it's something innocent and Christmas related. But at the same time, I'm also kind of wondering, um, 
isn't it a little weird to be showing a Christmas movie like during the summer? Um, I'm not sure like why that movie would be an option for campers to watch at a summer camp. Um, again, I think it was the assistant directors who had one of that movie as one of the movie choices. So it's like that's a pretty odd choice for a film to watch. Um, Christmas themed movie during the summer like what uh, but yeah anyway like I said at least it was a, an appropriate movie for all the campers like something innocent for them to watch nothing like with violence or sex or whatever yeah and um for my group 1B specifically, um, the woman counselor in our group, uh, a Hispanic woman, um, she would often bring her MacBook computer to camp. And so she would sort of find a movie on it to like pull up like on a movie streaming website, um, not necessarily Netflix, um, just like a website that had a list of like kids movies to for kids to watch and so she would connect her computer's audio to a bluetooth device speakers for better audio qualities so that even if the campers were talking during the film then they could at least like, still hear the movie loudly and clearly and and that's one other thing i'll go into right now Group 1B is literally the worst group of kids to watch a movie with um, because, you know, there are age group of five through seven year olds specifically. Um, and then they have like a short attention span. And so they would literally like be playing with each other. Like, I guess some of the girls would or kind of be distracting towards each other, like whisper among themselves and most of the other kids would try to like shush some of the other kids, like shushing each other. And some of the boys, like this one Asian kid, like he's Korean and he would mostly be the one to complain. I can't hear the movie. <laughs> so cute when he says it, like, I can't hear the movie. Like, because, you know, someone would keep talking. Like, and it's just like, yeah, like we're all literally like trying to, watch the movie and hear it and so you guys are like playing with each other like fooling around like not even paying attention to it like what like why are you watching the movie if you guys don't pay attention to it like like the black girl counselor like she would get a little bit ticked off and she would jokingly like refer her to herself in like I guess third person and be like you know I don't want to like say her name out loud but it's like her name, can't hear the movie, or like, hey, I'm trying to watch the film that you guys are talking, you know, something like that, like, <laughs> you know, just in a joking way, like, refer to herself in third person, you know, just sort of as her own way of letting the kids know they should shut up and watch the movie, because, you know, they were just that loud, like, yeah. Um, but for the most part, for the 1B campers, um, we would show them movies that were mostly musicals or 
movies that included some singing in them. So, so yeah, musicals like Encanto, Turning Red, uh, I guess those two I can remember. And in general, we will watch like mostly animated movies, of course, animated and appropriate for them. You know, for the most part, it would be like Disney films, like, you know, like I just mentioned, and Kanto, um, Luca was another one that they also saw. Um, also Turning Red, um, even Coco, like Coco is amazing. Um, the first time I saw Coco was at Montclair State, like during a weekend movie event thing. I'm not going to that right now. I'm too painful for me to think about right now. Um, but yeah, that was one film that I saw previously before watching it again with these campers. And um, another animated film. I think most of the boys really enjoyed because it involves some action and stuff. Um, Big Hero 6. Yeah, the first time I saw that was with, honestly with these guys. And I really enjoyed that film as well. Like, it was great. Like, it's just one of those movies that does not need a sequel because it's just great. You know, Big Hero 6. So, yeah, that was amazing. Um. That wasn't the movie that the woman counselor showed on her computer. Um, that was just one of the movie's choices offered by the assistant directors and the camp manager. You know, she watched on the large TV set. So, yeah, that was one of the movie choices for our group 1B. And almost everyone chose that film to watch. So, yeah. And another movies along the way as well, like, you know, as long as they were appropriate. And the only film that I've ever really seen prior, you know, like on my own, on my own, like not like necessarily in theaters, but like I watched it online somehow, but that film was Turning Red. And um, I got to admit that movie is an amazing film. Um, the campers, the 1B campers, you know, they liked all the songs in that film. Um, you know, especially that one song with the fictional band in their movie, you know, singing that famous song, you know, that has the lyrics, you want it, I want it, you want it, I want it. And yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, something like that. Um, and so these campers would repeat that song first out loud, you know, the, you want it, I want it, you want it, I want it, you know, just the way they would scream the I want it, like, it's so hilarious to me, like, and um, I looked up the lyrics to that song, you know, just to figure out what the name of it is, and the title of that song is Did It On My Own, yes, did it on my own. <laughs> yeah, that's how the song goes. So that song was performed by that fictional band in the movie. You know, the fictional band members. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always thought it was super cute and hilarious when these kids would sing along to some of these songs like that. Like, I would literally be laughing my ass off because... It's just that funny, and you know it was adorable as well. Like, 
zombie campers, like, they were especially, like, crazy about this other famous song in the movie Encanto. You know, that one song that goes, we don't talk about Bruno, or maybe I should sing it. We don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Like, they're crazy about that song. Like, um, yeah, that is the name of the song. Um, I have personally have never seen the movie Encanto before. Not even like before with these kids, like at all. So watching that film like a few times with these kids because they just love that song to death. Like whenever that song would come up in the film, like they would just be tempted to like sing along with it. Like yeah, so just those three times that we've seen it with those kids is the three times that I've seen it. Like I never like gone to see it in theaters or stream streamed it online or anything. But <clears throat> yeah. And so when I first heard that Bruno song, my idiotic ass automatically assumed that it was something to do with Bruno Mars. Cause you know, whenever I hear the name Bruno, I automatically think of Bruno Mars. Like, I don't know, I just, I don't know what it is, but you no, know, I know that obviously that's not his real, real name, but I don't know, I can't help it. Like, cause you know, now I, kept wondering to myself whenever we would watch the movie I would wonder like what the heck does Bruno Morris even have to do with this movie like and then it hit me like when I was looking it up on Wikipedia and like educating myself and I was like oh so that's what the song is really about like my bad so turns out that Bruno is actually one of the characters in the film like I think he's the uncle or something. I don't know. Like, that's a movie that I plan to watch on my own somehow. Like, for real. Like, yeah, but the campers really liked all the songs in the film, including the closing song at the end, like, when all the characters, like, making up, like, you know, reconciling, I should say. And obviously the Bruno song, like... <laughs> They're obsessed with singing along to it, like, and that's, that Bruno song is also one of the songs that would play on the radio, like, you know, um, like, the Black Girl Counselor, like, she would play the music on her phone, which she would have, like, connected and set up to her Bluetooth device speaker that she owns, so... She would be mostly playing music from kids pop or Disney related songs, you know, songs obviously appropriate for kids at a school setting. So the Bruno song is one of the songs that would play along with other songs from other films, like obviously the Frozen song, Let It Go, you know, just, you know, all, just all those types of songs, Disney songs, um, kids pop songs. So, yeah. And so during classes, like with the specialists, um, if necessary, the Black Girl Counselor would play the music with it. Like for the art class with the art specialist, um, that's one thing. Like 
STEM class with a STEM specialist, another thing. Um, and then what else? Yeah, um, so with the music class, with the music specialist, um, the music specialist girl would bring her own phone to like play songs on it, um, especially songs that some of the, all the campers in each and every single group would choose one song to like dance and sing to for the camp talent show. Um, the talent show, like which took place on my birthday, which I'll go into more details about soon. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so that's the subject about music. Um, again, the black girl counselor was the one who's mostly in charge of that. Um, cause I don't own an iPhone or a Bluetooth device speaker, like, so that's that girl's specialty. Um, um, she would have like her phone like connected to the speaker device so that the kids could hear the music clearly. Like, you know, like I mentioned that she would do it, play that music for during art class or STEM class. And, you know, just anytime during those two classes when the campers were having a relaxing period of, you know, simply coloring and just doing like stuff like that, the important projects for art or STEM, like she would play the music so that the campers would remain focused on their work and kind of resist the urge to like dance around all over the classroom crazily like because running around in the classroom is not allowed like it's prohibited like you know so but dancing in the classroom is only allowed like when the music specialist allowed it because when she's teaching music like if she wanted like the campers to like do dance moves or practice dance moves for the talent show like we would first have to help her move the desks and tables off to the side of the classroom so that the campers would have more physical room to like dance around the classroom during the music class period. So yeah. Um, yeah, the woman counselor would be the one in charge of bringing her laptop to play some movies for the campers. And the black girl counselor was in charge of like bringing her Bluetooth device speaker to connect their phone to, to like play some music for the campers to, you know, so that the campers could sit back and enjoy and listen to the music during some specialist class activities or projects. I brought in nada, like I'm, I'm not that tech savvy enough to like work out of Bluetooth device speaker like the girl owns like nor do I own one and I don't think my PC because I own a PC I don't own a MacBook or whatever like but I don't think it would fit in my backpack like it would be too heavy and so and I don't even like have the Wi-Fi password of like the school building itself so that would not have worked that well for me. So I just like sat back and enjoyed everything, you know, all the movies that we watched and all the songs we ever listened to. 
And so for the music, obviously, like I said, with the rules, um, the music had to be appropriate for kids in a school or camp setting. Like no matter their age, if they're like 12 or 13, like the music still needed to be clean and, and appropriate and innocent. Like, so kids pop music was what was mostly playing on that girl's uh, cell phone. Like she has a, apparently like has a playlist of kids pop music. So, so it was mostly obviously clean, innocent versions of most pop songs, like songs by Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, One Direction. Um, yes, even that famous song, Old Town Road. Yeah, a clean version of that song as well. So for the sake of the campers, so like clean versions of the lyrics of that song. So it's not like inappropriate or like with the foul language. No, <laughs> so no like crude themes or adult like images like you know like just like the movies shown at camp the music played at camp needs to be appropriate for all age levels of kids like yeah so one song that the 1B campers would sing obsessively to was the dance monkey song and the other song was that they liked also was could have been me because they were repeat first few lyrics of this song that goes I can't hear you I don't fear you and to be honest with you guys before I even looked up the lyrics of those songs and the artists slash bands behind those songs I was not familiar with either song or either artist slash band I was I was certainly not familiar with the artist of that famous song Dance Monkey um because I always wondered how the Black Girl Counselor and all these campers knew that song and heard of it. And I'm like the only person just stuck in the dark, like not even realizing that that song became a hit like back in 20, 2019. Like I wasn't even that familiar with that artist until I looked her up and found out, um, okay, well, she's Australian and she's like in her late 20s and great. Like, like, how am I not familiar with this artist or this song? And how is that? How did I not know that this one was a hit song like three years ago? Like, how am I so clueless to these songs and these artists? And like, all these campers are familiar with these songs and this artist. Like, anyway, but that song is appropriate for Camp Dance Monkey. Like, there was no like crude language or anything. Like, it was a perfectly okay song to play at camp but yeah and I have been living under a rock all these years apparently for not noticing the popularity of these songs and artists but anyway it was always fun and amusing to listen to these campers singing along to those songs yeah so those are our daily camp activities including on hot extremely hot summery days and including on rainy days and so during those kinds of days, we would have indoor dismissal, like both morning and afternoon. For the indoor dismissal, what would happen is that the Black assistant director would be the one mostly in charge of like calling out the names of the campers from random different groups, depending on which parent slash guardian has arrived for 
afternoon dismissal, which was pickup time to like go home. And the female assistant director would assist him as well. And so, and then as well as also supervising the gym and the camp manager himself would also mostly be the one like supervising all of us in the gym, like all of us, including campers and staff, like the camp manager would supervise us all because we would all be in, waiting inside the gym, like all lined up with our camp groups. So that meant for 1B, for one example, the 1B campers should be lined up together with each other and not necessarily like mingle with other campers and like other groups because, you know, they need to play, they always need to pay very close attention to their names being called out on the megaphone to like, you know, let them know that their parent or guardian has arrived. So there wasn't any time after that to like dilly dally, like they need to have their stuff together and be prepared for being called out when their um, parent arrived. So yeah, the black assistant director um, apparently owns a megaphone and that he learned to like utilize like I'm not even joking like I'm not even like entirely sure where he got the megaphone from but you know I'm just like dying to know like know where you can get a megaphone like that um so yeah so I'm gonna just give myself a quick water break I've been talking for a very long time um, but yeah, you guys just stay tuned and I'll get back to y'all shortly. Yep. And I'm back. So anyway, as I was saying before, after all the regular campers had been called out for afternoon pickup, that only left the remaining campers who were staying afterwards for post-camp, you know, aftercare, our way of saying aftercare. Um, so that's from 5 through 6.30. And we had some staff members in charge of the aftercare shift, um, which unfortunately did not include me. Because I always clocked out at 5 on the dot, except for a few times when my dad was unfortunately running a few minutes late or very late, depending on the very annoying level of traffic on certain roads around the Teaneck area that he needs to like pass through. Um, because, you know, Dumont is, you know, right between Teaneck and Bergenfield. So, yeah, we would often sort of drive past the fairly Dickinson campus. Um, yeah, so that's somewhere around that area where that black girl counselor for 1B lives. Um, so she must live somewhere around that area, closer to the FDU campus, because that's obviously where she says she attends as, and, uh, as a nursing student. So yeah, anyway, there had been at least three times when my dad had been a little bit late to come pick me up, like, right after. Um, so it always felt pretty awkward for me to, like, have to, like, go back inside a building, like, back into the gym to wait a few minutes for him to come pick 
pick me up. And during that time in the gym, it would be the post-camp shift. And so I think some staff members who are in charge of that, um, if I recall correctly, um, the black girl counselor obviously was the one in charge of that, um, along with, I think, the art specialist girl, I think. Yeah, and I don't remember who else was in charge, but those two were definitely in charge of the post-camp shift. And so it was kind of awkward for me to like have to like wait in the gym area until, you know, my dad came over and he too would say that he would feel a bit bad because, you know, he would sometimes wonder like if I'm the quote-unquote last staff member to like leave because you know I think everyone else would leave like also not a lot of us staff like registered for either shift like the pre-camp shift or the post-camp shift so I was definitely one of the staff members who didn't do either shift so you know and um again I do not have a driver's license yet um another story for another time um So, yeah, I kind of have to, like, rely on my dad to be my main source of transportation. And, like, especially on, like, the most humid of days, because obviously there had been days like that. Um, But I think there was one time, though, like, after the 5 o'clock hour, and my dad let me know that, unfortunately, he was going to be a little bit late. Like, yeah, um, I think at that time, the female camp director um you know the hispanic woman who's the director of youth development um that woman um she sometimes comes to either camp you know the one in mawa and obviously ours here the camp in duma um that one time she sort of paid a visit to our camp and i think when the general time at five when most of the staff were leaving including the camp manager himself, the two assistant camp direct assistant camp directors. Um yeah, I think this woman, uh, she asked me, because you know, I kinda wanted to like stay at stand outside the front of the building, you know, just to see that my dad was on the way, you know, with our Mercedes and stuff. And so I think this woman asked me, like, are you sure you don't want to like go back inside? Because, you know, on this particular day it was super hot as usual and you know at first I kind of refused I'm like you know what I'm good I mean I'll just wait a few minutes for him to like get here like he shouldn't be too late but yeah but I mean eventually a few minutes like after they left and it just remained the staff members in charge of the post-camp shift like the black girl counselor for one um I was like you know what I'll just probably like go back inside into the building instead and so what I did was that I went through the direction of like the gym because you know obviously the doors to the building would always be locked immediately if someone like came in or and left because you know of the locked doors policies and obviously in the gym there would be the staff members in charge of the post-camp shift um so I think the black girl counselor or the art specialist or whoever was the one who opened the door to the gym for me for me to like get in so that I could wait in there just a few minutes and 
you know, until my dad came. And obviously, as I've mentioned before, the gym is always the coldest room inside of the whole school building because the AC in there was always on. So, you know, I guess I could sort of cool off for a little while until, you know, my dad came. And, you know, he did come eventually. Um, I think he came around 5.17-ish, somewhere close to to 5.20. Because um, on that particular day, I think he said he needed to stop by somewhere quickly, like at a local bank or something before like coming to get me and yeah he always says though that he leaves the house at like four ish around four twenty ish yeah I do believe that but it's just I guess it's just the annoying level of traffic on those roads like it's just so annoyingly unpredictable at times like yeah um because that's why he always like dropped me off at around seven thirty I mean, I mean, around, yeah, 7.30 was the time that we agreed to leave the house in the morning so that he could drop me off there and it be around, like, 7.50-ish, like, you know, somewhere closer to 8, because, you know, that way we could avoid the morning traffic if it was necessary. Um, but for the most part, though, traffic really wasn't all that bad in the mornings, Um It was just only bad in the afternoons because 5 o'clock was the typical time for the rush hour traffic. So that's obviously something to be anticipated and frustrated by. Um, So, yeah, when I got to the school at around like 7.50-ish, I would go inside the gym and, you know, that would be the pre-camp shift, you know, from 7 o'clock to 8.30, you know, the staff in charge of that, like I've mentioned, were the STEM specialist girl, um, the yoga specialist woman, and the blonde girl counselor. Like they're the staff in charge of the pre-camp shift. Um, again, I wasn't like signed up for either shift, um, but I was just like used to the idea of getting to camp early anyway. Like, you know, just to like avoid the traffic. So. For my dad and me, the traffic was okay in the mornings, like, not bad at all. It's just, like, during the afternoons, like, you know, close to pickup time around 4.30ish or 5. Yeah, that's when it gets worse, so. Yeah, and um, besides, though, 7.50 was roughly the time that the female camp manager, you know, the Hispanic woman, um, she wants to send out an email blast f- to for to all of us staff to arrive to camp on the very first day, you know, Monday, June 27th, that we needed to be there at 7.50, I guess, because that was the first day of everything. So I guess since that day, I've always been kind of u- used to the idea t- of, like, getting to camp early. Like, I didn't mind getting to camp that early, you know, just... I guess as long as my dad and I, like, try to avoid the traffic, like, which there really wasn't a lot of, but, like, he and I, like, agreed to, like, go along with that plan, you know, because, you know, it's the best way for me to get to camp on time, and, you know, if if necessary, we just avoid the morning rush traffic, so, 
And although I wasn't really a registered staff member for the pre-camp shift, um, I just like to like hang out with the yoga specialist, the STEM specialist, and the blonde girl counselor anyway. Like, I'm not like in charge of the shift because, you know, the gym was the only thing that that where there's people there and the action with the kids and such. Like, there's nothing really like going on in the offices of either the two assistant camp directors or the camp manager himself. Like, they would tend to get to camp a little bit later. So, you know, just there's nowhere else to like hang out for me really, but just like in the gym. So I guess that sort of gives me the opportunity to like assist them in the pre-camp shift and like supervise like all the campers from every single camp group, of course, including 1B, you know, my assigned group. And um, at least four or five of my 1B campers are registered for pre-camp. So I guess the good part is that I get to see them and they get to see me. And, you know, I like I like the idea of just washing over them before the actual like camp activities and stuff start for the day, you know, because it's a regular nine to five job. So it's just yeah, it's just nothing really like counts toward your paycheck until the nine to five hours. So, yeah. And um, the obviously the first of the activities would be the actual like morning dismissal at eight thirty, where all the pre-camp campers get to like reunite with the rest of their fellow campers from each of their respective camp groups, and most of the counselors and the other staff would start coming in as well. When I was working at the YWCA, I noticed how everything was all organized and set in stone in regards to any type of information about the campers, such as who was staying for pre-camp or post-camp or etc. Gonna make a quick comparison to it about along with my time working at the YMCA in summer of 2021, which to me um, felt a little bit disorganized because I personally could never really tell which camper had before care or after care or anything. Yeah, at the YMCA, um, it was, we call the shifts before care and after care. Um, at the YWCA, we called it pre-camp and post-camp. It's just the same thing. It's just different names for it. So I would always be a bit confused and thrown off by the campers registered, the YMCA campers registered for before care and or after care, mostly during the time when I was a counselor for Team Cahagan. Um, I know I may have said before in that episode that I was initially a counselor for a group of girls called G1, um, Girls 1. So that's a group of eight girls between the ages of seven through nine. If my memory serves, I don't think any of those girls in the group were registered for before care or after care. Or maybe there was at least one, but I honestly don't remember anymore exactly who. 
It was when I was permanently assigned to Team Kahagan, um, which is the youngest age group of campers. Um, it's a co-ed group of campers ages five through six. Um, I learned that some of those campers were assigned to either before care or after care, and in rare cases, both. So for one example, it was this Filipino kid. Um, this boy has an older brother who was assigned to one of the boys groups, um, B1, I believe, boys one. And um, their primary parent slash guardian who would come to pick them up and drop them off was their mother. And it's only a few times that I ever met this mom and she's very nice. In the Kahagan team, I think I mentioned that it was broken up into four different colors to assign the Kahagan campers because there's so many of them. So there's blue, red, green, and yellow. Within Kahagan, I kind of experimented with counseling over different color groups. So it wasn't just always steady. But for the most part, like 90% of the time, I was with Team Blue, so Kahagan Blue. Um, the Filipino boy was always assigned to me, no matter which color group I decided to temporarily take over. Um, but Blue was my primary team color within Kahagan, and Blue was also this boy's assigned color. So his name would always be on my roster of Kahagan campers assigned to Team Blue. My clueless self was initially unaware that before care was actually a thing because when we counselors would start coming in to the gym room to like begin our usual routines of clocking in and whatnot, um, I would usually like see this kid hanging out with some of the other campers and other camp groups who were signed up for before care. Um, I think a few other Kahagan campers were signed up for before care as well, um, besides this boy. So it didn't really like cross my mind then. So that's why I would usually ask this kid, um, hey, when did your mom sign you in? Because, you know, I didn't know that he was a part of before care. And I think he probably thought it was a little weird for asking him that um, um, because he would always say that his mom had already signed him in like it didn't it still didn't like register to me so I would ask the woman who sort of serves as an assistant to the supervisor like how did this kid like get signed in and I didn't even notice and she would tell me, oh, this kid actually has before care and his mom has already signed him up for before care. So there's days that he has it and other days that he has after care. Like, yeah, so his mom would always have him signed in before the other general counselors would arrive. So, yeah, there were counselors in charge of before care and others in charge of after care. And I think in a few rare cases, a few counselors in charge of both before care and after care. I think at some point I offered to do after care, but for some reason it never really came through for me. 
which is a different story for another time. Um, I do want to apologize for this unexpected tangent of my YMCA work experience, but I just wanted to bring it up because the point that I'm trying to make is that I never knew that some of the these kids were actually signed up for before care. I mean, I always knew if they were staying for aftercare. Like, I just didn't quickly realize that before care was actually a thing as well. Um, the boy who I'm talking about, the Filipino kid, um, he also stayed for aftercare sometimes um, as well, like along with his brother, which I'm aware of that when he has aftercare, um, both he and his brother were registered for both shifts, like before care and after care. And there's this one time, like while we were at the day camp out there at that lake area in New York, um, this boy would unexpectedly like tell me, um, oh, by the way, my mom's coming to pick me up at 6.30. And so I would be like, uh, isn't that a little late to stay after? Because at that moment in time, like we were, you know, at our day camp doing a regular thing and my mind's all over the place with our schedules and such. So it didn't occur to me that he was talking about staying afterwards for aftercare. <laughs> and so that's what he would like tell me after like, yeah, I do have aftercare. And I'm like, oh, okay, then like, okay, good to know, like, I mean, I guess it was good that he told me then at the camp that he's staying for aftercare, um, yeah, because, but because at that moment, like, my mind was all over the place, I didn't know what the hell he was talking about, like, why would your mom come to pick you up so late, but then it's like, oh, duh, he's talking about staying for aftercare, like, aftercare was what I generally knew that he was staying for, um, I'm just saying that mostly I never knew he was staying for before care because it's like, how did you get here so early and I didn't see your mom sign you in? And then the woman assistant explained, oh, he has before care. So it's like, oh, now I get it. Like, I feel like an idiot not knowing that. But yeah, I guess in a nutshell, like what I'm really trying to say is that at the YMCA, I... I thought that maybe there should have been a list for counselors to be reminded of which of their assigned campers were staying for before care or who's staying for after care or maybe in some cases who's staying for both. Um, I never knew that this boy was staying for after care with his brother. Um, I was only aware that they both would stay sometimes for aftercare um, because I think it mostly depended on their mom's like work schedule and her availability to come pick them up after the summer day camp program was over. But still, in a case like that, I still think that maybe counselors should have had a list of knowing which camper was staying for which time period, you know, before care or after care or or both, because I think it would have been a bit easier for me personally, um, you know, to figure it out. Um, let me just give myself another water break.
Even after signing out all my campers at the end of the day before I could officially clock out with the app that we used to like clock out, clock in, check our paychecks and stuff. Um, I always had to wait a few minutes for the female assistant, you know, the woman, you know, the assistant supervisor. Um, to let me know that this boy was actually staying afterward for aftercare. Um, because, again, I didn't, like, actually have a list or something to tell me, hey, so-and-so is staying for aftercare. Like, I would always have to, like, ask this woman first, um, is this boy, like, staying for aftercare? Or is his mom, like, just eerily late to, like, come pick him up, like... At least one time that has happened, like, this boy's mom had been a bit late to come pick him and his brother up, so the assistant would tell me that for the most part, the boy was staying for aftercare with his brother, and so once that is confirmed that he and his brother are staying for aftercare, that I'm free to, like, turn in my clipboard of the campers attendance list and I could officially clock out I just always had to like verify first that this boy was staying for aftercare um before I could officially clock out um because of course every camper must always be accounted for before we staff members could clock out and if the campers were getting signed out, then we need to be 100% sure that their parent slash guardian was actually, like, signing them out, like, checking them out. Like, if it was a parent or a guardian that we have never seen them before, um, we would have to, like, ask them first to present their ID before we could give them permission to sign out their child, um, Pretty sure it wasn't really that super serious of a rule when I was working at the YWCA. Um, because thankfully at the YWCA, um, we staff had iPads for the parents slash guardians to use to sign out their children. And I personally never did have access to any of the iPads anyway, so... It was the black girl counselor in my group 1B who had the access to the iPads. So, yeah, my overall point is that the YMCA could have improved in that area of letting counselors and staff know exactly which of the campers is staying for which time period, before care, after care, or both. Especially when it came time for signing up the campers and getting ready to clock out. I personally feel that if I had all that information readily available to me, I could just like clock out right away and head out for the day without having to worry about anyone or anything. And by anyone, I meant the my Cahagan campers, of course, my, like my assigned campers within my color group. Um, um, because by the time we're back at the gym room in the YMCA building at its former location in Hackensack, um, 
We've already gotten off the bus from the lake area in New York. Um, the bus area, like the bus ride, like I mentioned before, was an approximately 40 minute ride. And after I have officially signed out every single one of my campers, um, I would always call my dad to let him know that I finished so that he wouldn't have to like wait out there in the car for too long while I was like waiting for some of these campers with their habitual tardiness or my lack of knowledge of which camper was actually staying for aftercare. So yeah, that's the way it is. Unfortunately at the YWCA, it wasn't like that. Like I was just really grateful that the black girl counselor in my group 1B was the lead counselor who had the iPad and the access to all the information and stuff. Like she knew which of our campers was staying for pre-camp or post-camp. And so whoever was staying for post-camp, um, she would call on them to like line up and head to the gym for post-camp to wait with the camp manager and the female assistant director. It was organized in that way so that you always knew who was staying for what and you never had to like guess or assume anything like I did when I was working for the YMCA. The not knowing really made my brain hurt at times because sometimes I would just be standing there at the YMCM, YMCA gym like an idiot, like not knowing whether the boy was staying afterwards for aftercare or not like but at least at the YWCA like I just mentioned you always knew exactly who was staying for what um as long as you had the iPad and you knew the Wi-Fi password to like access the iPad which unfortunately I personally did not have but I always wish I could have asked for the Wi-Fi like password like yeah and um now I'm gonna have to like cut this episode short um unfortunately um (laughs) because I know I never really did get the chance to talk about my birthday and knowing Anchor very well it'll probably get all anal (laughs) and remind me about my one hour recording limit which I really gotta respect for its sake um however I do promise to talk more about it for my Sunday episode um the camp talent show actually took place on my birthday so I guess I'll talk a little bit about that as well um I'm gonna talk about my birthday first and then I'll talk about the camp talent show so y'all stay tuned for that